Good morning, everybody. How are you? My name is Adam, and I'm the lead communicator here at Downtown Harbor Church. If this is your first time, I just want to say, hey, welcome. I'm glad that you're here. Um, I am super pumped about what we're going to be doing for the next two weeks. Before I talk about what we're going to be doing, let me just ask you a quick question. So um, if you're on Facebook, you've seen this recently. If you're not on Facebook, you won't necessarily know what I'm talking about. But if you are on Facebook, recently they started something new where they started to show you your memories. Have you seen that on Facebook? Like one year ago, this happened. Well, it was really cool because in my news feed this week, it popped up that one year ago, I rode off into the sunset. I left my job where I, at, where I was at. It was a cushy, comfortable position. And I started, along with a few others, this journey of starting downtown Harbor Church. It was one year ago this week, and so it's kind of an important week for me as kind of I reflect and look back. Subsequently, uh, I looked at further in history, and three years ago, I was at the Country Bear Jamboree in Walt Disney World, which was, and I don't know if you've been to the Country Bear Jamboree, but there are those animatronic bears, right? And in my status, I was like, boy, boy, let me just tell you something. The Country Bears have never been as on as they've been today, and let me tell you, Boy, they've just keep, kept, they've kept it rolling for three years. They are, they've been so on recently. Man, they've been on fire. Anyway, um, if you don't know, but the, there are bears that do the same thing every time. That was kind of a joke, but that didn't go over so well. We'll move on. Okay, so here, what we said when we started Downtown Harbor Church was that about every six months or so, specifically while we were new, we were going to hit the reset button. We were going to go back and talk about why we did what we did why we're doing what we're doing, and why that's so important for all of us to understand kind of what the vision is of Downtown Harbor Church. So some of you, you may have heard a couple of these things for, before. Most of you, you've probably never heard this, and this is going to be exciting to kind of give you insight into what we're doing here and why we found it so important. And if you have heard it before, more than likely, or you have heard it before, more than likely you've forgotten. So this is something that I just want everybody to really just zone in with me today because this is so essential to what we're doing, and it's so essential to our future. A little bit about me. So for the longest time I have been involved in church, since I was a kid, I've been involved in church ever since I was born. I grew up in the church. I was there when I was a baby, and then I was there through elementary school. When I was a teenager, I attended church. I went consistently with my parents. And then when I became an adult, and I wish that I had done it earlier in my life, but when I became an adult, at the age of 18, I started volunteering at my local church. I started working with kids. I was a kindergarten and first grade boys small group leader. Have you ever worked with kindergarten and first grade boys, right? Whoa, okay, so but that was my first volunteer position. And I went in and like, I, I got involved. And sure enough, they liked me so much, they gave me a job. They said, you want to work part-time at a church? I said, sure, but I'm in college getting my education degree. I have two bachelors, majored, uh, double major in secondary education and English with an emphasis in public relations. And sure enough, I started to go be a teacher, but the church said, we want you to come work for us full-time. Will you do that? I said, yeah, I'd love to do that. So I started working at a church full-time, moved to Fort Lauderdale to, again, work at a church. Now, planted downtown Harbor Church just a few months ago. But I want to tell you something about my experience in church. And I couldn't ever put my finger on it, but the more and more I got involved with church and the more and more I kind of dug through everything, my experience in church just wasn't good. My experience with churches, I was like, you know what? I don't know what the church is supposed to be like. I don't know what this is actually supposed to be doing and supposed to be like, but I will tell you this. What I'm experiencing ain't it. Sorry for the proper, improper grammar, but what I'm experiencing is not it. 
I don't know what it's supposed to be like, but this is not it. What is, what is this? What are we doing? Why are these rituals happening? And why are people so judgmental toward other people? And what, why is that happening? Because my experience with church was that I don't know what this needs to be like, but what I'm experiencing, what I'm in, what I'm attending is not it. And so for the next two weeks, I'm going to talk to you about what we, when we started Downtown Harbor Church, are attempting to do to change that tide. What we at Downtown Harbor Church are doing to hopefully make things different in our community. I had a guy come in who I met who came to DHC probably about eight weeks ago or so. I saw him afterward and he said to me after, he said, hey, I really like you know, kind of what you guys are doing. I saw you on social media. I like what you're doing, but I'm really trying to figure it all out. So I don't really get it all. And today, that's what we're going to do. Because I want to kind of describe to you what our church is. And I want to put a phrase up on the screen that I think will help you understand a little bit more about our church and what it is. And it's this. So get ready for it. It's not normal. We think that our church, Downtown Harbor Church, is not normal. And if you look at churches all over our community and all over the world, you're going to come in and you're going to look at us and you're going to go, well... Really? Because you seem to be fairly normal. I mean, you got a couple of songs in the beginning. You got a stooge with a microphone giving a message. Like, I mean, it's just what it is, right? But I want to tell you today why we are not normal. Because from the appearance of us, it looks like we're pretty much the same. But we are very, very, very different than any church that I've ever been a part of. I want to put a statistic up on the screen that rocked my world. And I hope it rocks your world as well because this is so important and so meaningful when we look at it and kind of pick, a, pick it apart and pick through it. Here's a stat. This is a Barna research statistic, something that I've heard for a long time. I've heard this over and over again, and maybe today for the first time you're hearing this stat. Well, here's the stat. 87% of people in South Florida do not engage with church. 87% of people, this was in 2013, maybe it's even more than that now, I don't know, but 87% of people in South Florida do not engage with any church at all. They've distanced themselves, they've said no, they've tried it and not gone back. 87% of people in South Florida don't engage with church. And I heard this number for the first time a couple of years ago. I heard this number for the first time and it rocked my world and I started to put kind of my feelings together and I went, wait a second, if 87% of people go, and I work at one and really don't like it, what is wrong? What is, what is off here? Because if you're like me, you might believe that this is true. Maybe you don't, but this is what I want to tell you that I believe. I believe that the message of Jesus is irresistible. I believe that the message of Jesus is irresistible. It is so good. It is a message of hope and restoration and redemption and love, loving your neighbor as yourself. The message of Jesus is so irresistible that every single person in our community and every single person in the world should want to engage with it. That's how irresistible it is. But if that's that irresistible, why are 87% of people in our community not engaging with the local church, not engaging with any church. Well, you might ask, hey, so what's the message of Jesus? What, what, what is his message that you talked about, that message of hope and restoration and redemption and love? In the book of Mark, chapter 12, verse 28, where it begins, it says, one of the teachers of the religious law 
these people who were kind of like the establishment of the time, right? These people who were there and they were teaching the religious law. They knew the ancient text inside and out. These teachers of the religious law were standing there listening to the debate because Jesus loved to debate. He was shaking up the good old boys club, right? He was shaking them up just like Uber did when they moved into town, right? Shaking things up up in this place. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked again of all the commandments, which is the most important. And Jesus replied this. He said, okay, you want to ask me what I think is the most important based on your text in the ancient book? Here, okay, this is what I'll reply with. The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And they're like, okay, we get that. Yeah, we can do that. But then he goes, and he says something that changes the history of humanity, that changes everything. And this is the thing that we have gotten wrong, and we have to start getting right. The second is equally important, meaning the first really doesn't even matter unless you get this. It's equally important. It's equally uh, important to the world, to culture. If you don't get this right, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength won't even be achieved. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Here's my question. This is irresistible. This is unbelievable. This, who wouldn't want to be a part of this? This peace and hope and love and making all things new and restoration and loving your neighbor as yourself, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? But then, if that's true, why are 87% of people in our community not attending any local church? Well, allow me to make a couple of statements. I believe the church since they've been in existence, gotten a few things wrong, and they've put up walls between themselves and culture. And furthermore, the very things that people resist about church are the things that the church should resist about itself. Don't miss that. The very thing that people resist about church are the very things that the church should resist about itself. So, when we started Downtown Harbor Church, we started to gather some of our friends and family who didn't go to church or didn't engage with church, and we asked them a question. We said, hey, what do, you, what do you not like about church? And they kind of flipped the coin on us and said, well, I don't just not like it, I hate it. And we said, oh, okay, that's even better. What do you hate about church? So we asked them this question. What do you hate about church? And so what we did was we compiled what they said we took our own feelings and kind of merged it with their feelings. And we said, what do you hate about this? And why don't you want to engage with one? We know you're not involved. What do you not like about this? And we took all of the information that we got and all the emotions that we kind of went through and we put them into five things based on what we saw and heard. And I want to go through those five things with you today because they're so important for us to understand. If you're in the audience right now and you're thinking this guy's on speed, it's because I've had a couple cups of coffee, okay? Just so you know. I'm fired up about this. All right, here we go. So what do you hate about church? What do you not like about this? Here's the first thing that they told us. That it was a waste of time. That I'm not going to give my time to a church because it's a waste of my time. My time is valuable. My time is important. You know this. You know this if you're living in 2016, which all of us are. Time today goes quick. 
You don't have enough of it all the time. So your time is valuable. And we've heard that this is a waste of time, which is why we've made a couple of strategic decisions regarding downtown Harbor Church, which I want you to understand. First of all, we are always committed to keeping our service around 50 minutes long. That way, you can get out of here and go to brunch, because brunch is important to a lot of people in Fort Lauderdale. Our service, we want to keep around 50 minutes. Furthermore, we're only doing this throughout the week. We're not doing anything else. We're not asking you to come back on Sunday night, on Wednesday night, to a prayer meeting, to different groups. We're not doing that. Right? Because in today's age, time is valuable. And we've heard from so many people that it is just simply a waste of time. Furthermore, one of the things that we pride ourselves on at downtown Harbor Church is that we spend so much time every single week figuring out how we're going to say what we're going to say. We've heard from people throughout our time and interacting with them that people go into a church and they listen to a guy or girl on this stage and they can't figure out what the heck he's talking about or she's talking about. They didn't learn anything from it. Somebody's just standing up there rambling. So we spend hours and hours and countless hours every single week picking apart how we say what we say so that it's beneficial for you, so that you can put it into practice tomorrow. Jesus didn't just always talk about the future when we're dead. He talked about the here and now. You all have lives to live. And there are in, there's information in the scriptures that just help us. We never, ever want this. Hear me on this. We never want your experience at Downtown Harbor to be a waste of time. And we are committed to making it as excellent as we can every single week. Here's one for you. Number two is a big deal. This was a big deal to me. It's probably a big deal to you politics. Who are you voting for? You feeling the burn? How about Mr. Trumpy, right? It doesn't matter who you're voting for. Who cares? It is absolutely none of our business. But churches historically have paraded politicians across their stage in an attempt to further someone's political career by taking a side. Let me tell you what happens when I take a side. I alienate 50% of my audience immediately. They're immediately turned off because I'm one side or the other. If I'm an independent, I've alienated 98% of them, right? Here's the deal. We are never, ever, ever bringing politics into our church. And hear, hear me out on this. I don't care who you vote for. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. You can be an Independent. Is Nader still running for the Green Party? I don't know. You can, do, you can vote. I don't care who you vote for. You're welcome here anyway. But here's the point. This is never going to come into our church because it doesn't have anything to do with the message of Jesus. It has nothing to do with it. If you're a political activist and you're out there, great. It's fine. But it's not coming to DHC. I also love churches who say they're not political. You seen this one? They're not political at all, but on the way out, they hand you that voter guide, right? You've seen that before, where they kind of hear, I know we're not going to talk about it on stage, but here you go, right? It's never happening here anyway. Guys, politics is something that people told us they absolutely can't stand and hate about church. Here's the third one, that it's fake, that people who go to churches, furthermore, the person who's speaking on stage is fake. The same person that you see on Sunday is not the same person who you see on Monday. 
Allow me to tell you what we kind of pride ourselves on at DHC here at Downtown Harbor. We want you all to come exactly as you are. You don't have to change a thing. And if I see you tomorrow and you look different, I'll probably call you on it because you need to be you. Let me tell you about me. You will never see me be fake. Meaning, the guy you see here is the same guy that you will see out there. Meaning that you could see me during the week praying with a family who's struggling or meeting with someone for a cup of coffee, and you could see me at happy hour. It's okay. It's fine. Because I'm going to be who I'm going to be. I'm not going to be fake. And what we've heard so often is, I don't want to go to church because people there are fake. More particularly, the person speaking is fake. Because they're all about themselves and making their ego and career bigger. Not here. I can't speak for everybody, but I'll speak for me, not me. Furthermore, our service is not going to be fake. We're authentic. We are who we are. I've been in churches, and I've seen churches all over the country who've done this, where they have a couple of different services, and they have like a traditional, right? And then they have a contemporary. And like between the services, like there will be a costume change. People go change their clothes so that more people in the crowd will like them. Listen, I know, if you've never been here before, John, the guy who does the bad announcements, he made fun of my shirts, okay? Like, he makes fun of me. And so, um, like he always, like, tells me, like, my shirts are too tight or I wear women's blouses. I don't, but here's the deal. I'm going to wear that out there. It's, I'm not changing. That's just who I am. And you need to know that about DHC. We are not fake. You're never going to see us being someone that we're not when we're off of this stage or in this building. And it's one of the main things that people said they hate about church. Here's the fourth one, inward focused. We've heard about churches that, churches that exist, what they really do is they're just there for their people. So they put on their own events and they put on time after time things that their people can come to. Good things, they're not bad things, but they put on all these events and they kind of make busy work for themselves. If, I, I said this in a staff meeting one time at a former church I was at. I said, I would like to go be at a place where we are the church and not event planners. Because that's what I feel like. I feel like an event planner every single day. They're not bad, but they're just mainly about the people who are already there. So at DHC, we said we were not going to be inward focused. We are not putting on events for just us. Instead, we are going to go to city events together so we can get to know each other and get to know other people in our city. So we went to the Winterfest boat parade together. We go to the jazz brunch the first Sunday of every month and just go there and hang out. And I got to tell you, it's a fun time. I've gotten to know people and their stories in ways that I never would have had we just put on our own events. So we're not going to do an Easter egg hunt for just our folks. We're not going to do a trunk or treat for just our folks, even though those aren't bad. We want our people to interact with people right where they're at in our city and in our communities because we never want to be inward focused. The last one. I'm so passionate about that I might jump off the stage, so a good thing there's nobody sitting in the front row, okay? That's right. It's conditional acceptance. Sure, the church says you're welcome, but have you ever tried to engage with the local church if you weren't like people who were in leadership or in power, the local church? It's an ugly thing. So what we decided very early on was that we were not going to have church membership. If that concept is foreign to you, allow me to unpack it. Is that most churches in America and in the world have a membership. 
where you go to a class. Some of them it's a very short class. Some of them it's days long, depending on where you go. And you go and you sign up to be a member. And at the end of the class, you have to check a bunch of boxes that I believe and I believe and I believe and I am not and I am not and I will. And then we'll let you in. And then you can fully be a part of what we're doing. Not here. And let me tell you why. Jesus did not come to this earth with a message that he came with so that we could create country clubs for ourselves. You want to go join a country club? There's some great ones in town. You want to join a club? There's some great ones in town to join. This is not one of them. Because you are welcome to come right where you're at. You're welcome to engage with us right where you're at. You're welcome to be who you are right where you're at. Church membership, conditional acceptance will never, ever happen here. I will give my life to my dying breath to make sure that this never creeps into this organization. It cannot happen because the message of Jesus is too important for our culture and community to engage with. Guys, the church is losing, and the reason it's losing is because of these five things that I've just said. So at Downtown Harbor Church, we've taken these away. We've taken every single one of them away. That's what makes us not normal. That's what makes us different. That's why we're a not normal organization. Now listen, let me back the train up for a second. Because to the naked eye, it could appear that this guy is standing on this, this stage church bashing. There are great churches in our town who are doing great things. There are great people who run them and they are trying to engage with their folks right where they're at. I have been at most of them. I've talked to their leadership. There are good people running them and I love other churches that are in our community. Those other churches, as good as they are, they're still not making a dent in that 87%. They're still not making a dent in the people who don't engage with church already. So therefore, if we wanted to be not normal, we knew that we had to do something different. We knew we had to remove the things people hate about church from this organization so that you could engage with us right where you're at. So let me talk about a couple of things that we believe because it's important. And you know, if you've ever been to a church's website, there's generally that like we believe section and it's like the Encyclopedia Britannica, right? You gotta keep scrolling and scrolling and then the iPad like dies by the time you're done. Okay, let me just tell you about a couple of things that we believe. We believe in dialogue, not just dogma. We believe that you're gonna come in right where you're at and we're gonna kind of wrestle around with issues. We're gonna wrestle around with things that you may not necessarily agree with or understand that I may not even agree with or understand, but we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna have dialogue together. We're gonna to go out for cups of coffee and hang out at the jazz brunch and talk about spiritual issues because we're all not on the same page all the time. We're gonna create dialogue and not just dogma. And then we're gonna create education, not indoctrination. So my job is to educate you about what the scripture says. Our job is to educate you about what the scripture says. But we are never going to take your face and plunk it into the trough for you. You're going to have to drink yourself. It's not about us making you do anything. That is not our church. I will fully tell you everything about what I believe the scripture says. But even if you choose never to cross the line of faith, if you choose to never accept and understand that Jesus is who he said that he was, if you choose never to do that, even though I've educated us on it, if you choose that, we still want you here anyway. Because who wouldn't want to be a part of a movement 
where you love your neighbor as yourself. Education, not indoctrination. We talk about our Sunday experience real quick as I'm kind of getting to the end. We believe our Sunday experience is going to be a couple of things. Number one, it's going to be authentic. We talked about it. We think that I'm going to come up here, whoever is speaking is going to come up here and say whatever they're going to say. It's going to be authenticity. You're going to believe that it's real, maybe for the first time ever. Our people are going to be authentic in this place because that's what we encourage them to be. We think it's going to be practical. We think that in some way you're going to hear things here that you're going to go with and know what to do tomorrow, that you're going to know what to do with the next day, not kind of wondering what the heck was that guy talking about, that you're going to have practical things that you can apply to your lives. And lastly, we're going to be conversational. We're going to talk about it, wrestle through it together, because that's what we believe we should all be doing. We're going to do that at DHC. But above all else, all of these things and everything that I've said already is going to be rooted in one thing, and it's love. And it's the thing that the church has distanced itself from the most. It's love. There was a guy who wasn't Jesus. His name was Paul. But Paul was a guy who hated Christians. And then he had an encounter with Jesus, and it changed his life. And he radically changed direction, and Paul became a follower of the Jesus movement. And he actually helped write over half the New Testament. He planted churches in different areas. And he started to seek after Jesus and to help this movement spread, this love your neighbor as yourself movement. And in the book of Galatians, Galatians is written to a people who live in this town called Galatia. They were going through some stuff. And I just want to read you one verse that Paul said to them. I want to read you one verse that is so important that we all understand as we do this together. Here's the verse. And you're going to hear about it more as you engage with DHC. But here's the verse. The only thing that counts, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Who would want to be a part of this? Who would want to do that? Why are 87% of people in our community not going to church? Because we've put things in that needed to be taken away and at downtown harbor church for the first time in my life engaging with church we took him away we took him away now if you're like me you've been a part of churches or you've seen churches from a distance and you've seen generally a communicator stand up on this stage whether it's a guy or girl and generally the entire church the entire organization everything that they stand for is based around one thing it's that person it's a personality and that person develops an extremely large ego. So when the person falls or messes up, the entire organization crumbles. I want you to know on my behalf, not here, this place, downtown Harbor Church, us, this is not about me at all. I may have a microphone and a nickel in my pocket, but that's all I got. I don't even have a nickel. I made that up, okay? Here's the point. This is your church. This is your place. We created it for you because you told us what you wanted to leave, so we took it away. So what does that mean? If it's your church and this was made for you, this is a place that you are going to engage with and be a part of, here's what I want you to know that we want you to do at Downtown Harbor Church. We want you to own it. We want you to own it. Let me ask you a question. You ever rented a car, okay? 
So last year, I did a speaking engagement in Birmingham, Alabama. I'll never forget it. Went up to the rental car counter, Enterprise. Nice place. Went up there, and I said, uh, yeah, I'd like to rent a car. I have a reservation. And the guy goes, okay, Mr. Duckworth, we found you. Would you like the insurance? And I said, how much is the insurance? He goes, we're running a deal, $19.99. And I said, what can I do when I get the insurance? He goes, you could bring back a steering wheel, and we wouldn't care. And I said, really? I almost thought about running that thing into a brick wall. I didn't, but that's what he told me. And so here's my point. When you rent something, you don't care about it like you do something you own. You would never do that to your own car. Owners think differently. And what we want you to do, because we made this church for you, is we want you to own it. We want you to talk to your family and friends about what's going on here. You know why? Because especially if you've told them you're engaging with church or they've seen it on social media, they're probably wondering, what's going on over there? Church? Really? I talked to some friends of mine who've been coming from day one to downtown Harbor, and it's so funny because we get together with them. We talk about the church a little bit, and they said, you should see us tell our friends that we, come and, or we, come, we get up and come to church on Sunday morning. I was like, what are their reactions? They're like, you go to church in this city? And they're like, yeah, we do. Here's the deal. Own it. This is your place. We made it for you. We took away all those things. If this church is going to be not normal, you need to own it. Because here's why. It'll never work if I own it. It's not about me. I can own it. I choose not to. This isn't about me and my ego. Downtown Harbor Church, let me just tell you this. One year ago, it had been stirring in my heart for a lot longer than that. One year ago, I was in an extremely cushy, easy, complacent place in my life, in my church. And God had been stirring my heart for a long time that it was time to try to do something different. It was time to try to engage with people who were disenfranchised by church who had never been to church before in their life. Or maybe the church shunned them because of something they did or didn't agree with. It was on my heart. I said, what about those folks who aren't engaging anywhere? And one year ago, I left. I didn't care what the consequences were. I didn't. I mean, it was just those, my wife said, are you sure? And I'm like, I hope so. But we did it so that you could all use it and experience it. And that's why it's so awesome to see you here today. One year ago, when I left, you know how many people we had? Six. And now look around. And look around, that are, look around at kids who are downstairs and volunteers who've given their life to serve them and to give back to our community. And I just started to think, what would happen if we hadn't done this? You all wouldn't be sitting here today. That's why it's so important for us to understand what this place is and how it functions and what we've taken away and why now for the first time ever because you know you have people who you've had spiritual conversations with and conversations about church and you know there are people in your life who have said, I'm not going anymore because they're like that. Finally, I've said to people and you've probably too, I found a place that isn't. They took it all out. They took it all away. Really? That's why we started Downtown Harbor Church. This is gonna need, if this place is going to be a not normal church, you need to own it. 
And I'm going to talk more about that next week and more about our vision and what that means. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being a part of what we're doing. So cool to watch this thing reach people right where they're at. Let me pray. Dear God, thanks so much for who you are and what you do and who Jesus is and what he told us to do, and that's love our neighbor as ourselves. And God, we just say today that this place is yours. It's ours together. Help us to do this. Help us to go and kind of full steam ahead, reach people right where they're at. And we just pray that in this city of Fort Lauderdale, where so many people don't engage with church, that you would use us to make a difference, that you would use us to help reach people right where they're at. And God, we're so thankful for what you do and your word and everyone here today. Allow this message to move them in the direction they need to be moved. We pray it all today in Jesus' name. Amen.